It's time for Sex Talk with Lou. Lou Paget on Toginet. So, have you ever wondered if you're normal or why you feel distant from your partner? Why they keep doing that? Want to recreate a truly connected relationship? Or wondered, how do I tell my partner or kids about things? Then this is your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Lou Paget is a certified sex educator, an international best-selling author, and not only will Lou and her guests discuss the most current research, they will put you at the head of the class on good, solid, scientifically-based information and how it will impact you and your family. Known for delivering information about sexuality and relationships sans the sleaze factor while retaining all the accuracy, fun, and the you're kidding factor. Let's get to it. Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet. And now here's your host, Lou Paget. Welcome, everyone, and thank you for being with me this week. And actually, this week, I have the pleasure of being able to have another interview with guest Christina Wright, who is the author of Bedded Bliss. Well, she's a many times published author in the area of erotica and as an editor for erotic anthologies. So the book that we were first speaking about was Bedded Bliss, and it's a couple's guide to lust ever after. And as Christina describes it, in the handout, it is the compilation of the sensual suggestions for staying in touch throughout all the phases of one's life and marriage. So, and Christina, you're on with me right now, aren't you? Christina? Hello, how are you? I'm good, thank you, my dear. And, and welcome to 2014. Thank you, Happy New Year, Lou. The same to you. So when you first were looking at writing Bedded Bliss, what was it that, you know, was the thing that was your impetus? What was the thing that started it? Because I'm going to go back and have you explain to people who you are, how you got into this. But the book itself is, it really is the events that you in your life and that you also watched many other people and people approached you about, gee, I'd love to be able to talk about this. Seven Bliss came about as this, it was a message board where several writers were talking about how sex is portrayed, how relationships are portrayed, how intimacy is portrayed in films and books and in the media. And a few mm-hmm. of us were commenting that we don't see mature relationships reflected in in popular culture. We see the younger couples getting together for the first time. We see the sex scandals of the married politician. We see the uh, the hookups and the breakups and, you know, the dating scene and the club scene. We see that in in everything that's reflected around us, but we do not see the committed long-term couple who's been married for 10, 15, 20 years who are still very much into each other emotionally, uh, intellectually, and sexually. And so it mm-hmm. became this kind of seed that was planted for me of why don't we see this? I, I certainly write it in my fiction, and I know other writers also are portraying more mature couples in, and committed couples, not even necessarily older, but just committed to each other and, and mm-hmm. in it for the long haul. 
And so why aren't we seeing more of it uh, reflected in popular culture? And so from there, this idea of for a book of, I won't call it self-help so much as kind of a supportive helping book for couples that are already there. They're already in love. They're already in lust. They're committed to each other. They have everything they need for a successful relationship, but you know what? After five years, 10 years, 15 years together, sometimes you hit a little speed bump in the road, and that speed bump could be financial troubles. It could be, you know, long-distance relationship because of a job. It could be children in the relationship. It could be parents moving into the house, uh, taking care of your elderly relatives. So there's, there's all these factors that can put a damper on a successful, happy relationship. And so we came up with this idea for a book that would introduce different chapters with a little anecdote, a little advice, some tips for keeping things fresh, and then have some mm-hmm. erotica to spice things up for each segment of a life made mm-hmm. together. And, and I have to tell you, gentle listeners, this book covers everything for you. And, you know, Christina, you come from a background as a military Navy wife. Yes. You've been married 23 years. And yes. you have two little boys. <laughs> yes, I do. I have a two-year-old and a four-year-old. And so you kind of like did it a little bit in reverse of what many people would do. Uh, yeah, yeah, we, we do things differently. <laughs> we always have. Um, not traditional, but certainly it's what worked for us. And I think that's a big part of any relationship is it, it's what works for the two of you, and I address that embedded bliss. Of what mm-hmm. the norm is, or what society tells you is right, or what you know your friends are telling you that they're doing isn't necessarily what's best for you. And it's all about communication and saying this is what's best for us mm-hmm. as a family, for us as a couple. And in our situation, you know, we had a lot of deployments. We were both in school. We were moving. Children just weren't on the agenda till we were older. And I'll tell you what, it's the best thing for I think for us and for the kids, because I'm so much more mellow and laid back and patient, and it's, mm-hmm. it's been a good, it's been a wonderful experience. Well, I know that you, um, your dedication, Embedded Bliss, the full title is A Couple's Guide to Lust Ever After, is to your husband, Jay. Yes. And well, who else? <laughs> <laughs> and, and the, and, and the heart, the heartbeat of this book that I think people need to know about is that it is Real people, I mean, you, you comment that there's 235 years of combined long-term relationships who have written, you know, of this style of erotica, who have given the, the best things that worked for them. And then you've also included some people such as myself who are, you know, the sex educators or sex therapists who make the comments of, and it's true, you know, um, was it Barry McCarthy's comment, we never see married couples having sex. It's true. Yes, it is. It's Unless true. they're going to try and make a joke out of it. Exactly. Uh, older, committed, married couples having sex together is one big joke. It's either portrayed as some sort of farce or as you <laughs> that's gross or whatever. And, you know, hey, it's listen. not. And there are plenty of couples that don't feel that way, but it's hard <laughs> to fight. Precisely. Now, let's just give people a little bit of your background, okay? Because okay. you have been writing consistently. And if anyone, your um, Christina, it's Christina with a K, write with a W-R-I-G-H-T. And she is on every possible 
connecting <laughs> platform that there is. <laughs> uh, just about, yes. Just about. <laughs> and, and you can certainly <laughs> find me in right. those places, yes. Exactly. And what I want people to know is that this is a passion for you. You have been writing just from the things that have been published or that you know have been included in anthologies or your editing since 1997 and multiple, multiple publications each year. So that sounds about right. Yeah, <laughs> sounds about right. And I remember, <laughs> and one of my when I sent you the questions, it was this thing. Okay, before we go into how did you get into this, what was it that grabbed you when you were in grade one about writing? When I when I first discovered I wanted to write, mm -hmm. I honestly I was a reader from before I started kindergarten. I was an early reader. I was totally uh, enamored with books. I could care less about television. Mm -hmm. And the minute, pretty much as soon as I realized that somebody got to sit down and write the words in the books that I love to read was when I knew I wanted to do it for us. Um, the first two stories I ever wrote in first grade, uh, I still have them. So it, do it, you really? I oh, yeah, I do. I really do. Um, in the, you know, the wide lines paper, yes, I have the first two stories I ever wrote. And oh, that's, that's, that's absolutely it's, precious. It's been several decades, and I've hauled them around from place to place, but I do have them, and I think it was an escapism. I didn't have the best uh, family situation growing up, and reading was mm -hmm. a way to escape, and then writing became a way to kind of delve deeper into my own imagination and, and make up the stories that I wanted to live, and uh -huh. it just pr progressed from there. And I don't know. To me, it seems like the most boring story in the world. Who who knows what they want to do from the time they're six years old? And, well, no. and you know. But you know what? Do you know how similar what you what you're just describing here is to what Ariana Huffington went through? No, I didn't. Well, there's there's some meeting. There you go. See, awesome. you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> it was bookish. Loved the books. Wasn't that interested in other things? Was interested in the communication of things. And I mean, you can read her story on, you know, the, the um, you know, or or just you know, do YouTube and she'll. But she, the same thing, books and reading and communicating, huge. And it's well, what has it's what always grabbed her. Together, ultimately, I mean, the communication and the written word is such a powerful thing because it transcends. It transcends generations. You're connecting with somebody who you will never meet, probably. You will right. never, you know, maybe never even exist in the same in a time frame, but you're connecting on some level. And I think it's the most powerful thing in the world is to be able to communicate with somebody else an idea or a, something they've imagined or dreamed and connect with them that way. And, you know, it, to say it can be life-changing is not an understatement. I know I've had books and authors that changed my life, you know, as a young adult. And, you know, I don't know that I'm... Hopefully, I will. If I can do that for somebody else, it's awesome. And I have such respect for um, people who've written a lot of memoir. I have not. Uh, this is really my first foray into to writing about myself. But I have mm -hmm. such respect for people who can write about themselves in such an open and honest way and connect with people who will say to them, "That's my life. He told my story. Thank you, you know, for validating myself and and my life." And I. You know, there's a little part of me that was hoping that I would be able to connect with people and other couples in this book that way by mm -hmm. reaching out to them and saying, you're not alone, that speed bump in your marriage is not 
forever. It's not the end of the world. It's not the end of your relationship. Come on, we can go together and we can see and talk to other people who've been where you are. And that's really what the book is all about, people who've been where you are in your relationship, who and have, have walked in, out and a way have to walked, weather it. And, right, ooh, and they have walked in those shoes. And we are coming up to our first break. My guest is Christina Wright. And you know something, Christina? You just said something that was so profound for me to hear. I've never heard it put that way. But I know people have told me that's what my books have done. And I'm like savoring that you just said that. We will be right back after this break, and then we will find out why and how Christina got into writing erotica. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet. With your host, Lou Paget. techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. Are you fascinated by the stories behind the stories, the people behind their masks, the truth about people's failures and redemptions? in both their business and personal lives. Then Off the Record Secrets of with host Judy Schreiner is for you. It's people's secrets that make them interesting, but very few folks are willing to reveal them unless they trust that their information will be treated with accuracy, fairness, and respect. People have been entrusting their secrets to longtime business journalist Judy Schreiner for the last 25 years, and now she's bringing her expertise and impressive contact list to Rockstar Radio Network. Tune in and call in as host Judy Schreiner talks to guests off the record as they reveal new secrets each Tuesday at noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. Join us every Monday at 10 a.m. Central for the Johnny Roland News, Guns, and Motorsports radio show with commentary about current events, guns, shooting, and firearms issues, automotive and motorsports features, and special music presentations. Johnny is recognized as an international firearms authority and ballistic engineer, as well as an accomplished and widely recognized automotive designer and longtime TV and radio host. This program draws on Johnny's experience in shooting, motorsports, and as a professional entertainer musician. Don't miss Johnny Roland News, Guns, and Motorsports. Infotainment at its best. Trust us on this one. It's a fun show. Every Monday morning at 10 a.m. Central, right here on the Toginet Radio Network. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question, be it function, sensation, or something you've heard. This is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone. Welcome back for segment two. My guest this evening is Christina Wright, and she is the author. Betted Bliss, Christina, Betted Bliss was released in 2013, correct? Yes, it came out in October. Right. And this literally, people, is a... It is a couple's guide. You can, like, open any chapter you want, depending on where you are in, you know, your life. And you can look at something where people will give you lust after parenthood, what they did, what the, you know, there's the sensual suggestions, then there, 
here's an idea, this is what we did, this is what we tried. And these are real people. And for me, Christina, that's so important because, as I said just before the break, when I wrote my books, I wanted to make sure that it was real information that people were being told because Lord knows I knew we were not getting the right information or accurate information from many of the sources who were at that time currently available because that was 99 was when my first book was uh, released. But the, the other thing, you also have another book that has just come out that you did the editing on, um, XOXO, Sweet and Sexy Romance. And your kind publishers, Please Press, have sent me, I now have like this little le- reading library <laughs> from them. <laughs> and I went through it. But, you know, we can talk about that in a moment. But what I'd like to go back is you had a passion about connecting with people with the, with the written word. You also have been a uh, writer, as I said, from 97 through till you know 2014. This is just releasing now. But you also did a book for Harlequin Spice, didn't you? Actually, uh, going back, it was before Spice even existed. I, I wrote a book for Silhouette Romance, which no longer exists. They've been folded into the Harlequin imprint. But uh, that was my yeah that was my initial start into professional well in professional noveling mm-hmm. fiction was actually romance yes mm-hmm. but didn't you also do write um, greeting cards and and do things like that <laughs> if you can write it I have done it I've written greeting cards I've written buttons I've written um, I've written for the computer programs where you make your own greeting cards I've written captions for those. I've written jokes, I've written book reviews, essays, interviews, you name it, I've attempted it at some point in my writing career, yes. Okay, which leads me then to another one of my questions. As the, because of your passion for the writing, and was, was that, I mean, you did at one point, or are you still occasionally teaching English and Humanities? I was teaching up until my oldest son was born in 2009. Uh, I was teaching at the community college here in Virginia, right. both Eng- English composition and wor- uh, the world mythology uh, class I was also mm-hmm. teaching. So the, the it's been such a passion for me to study uh, popular culture and mythology and world literature that it was it was fun to translate it into the classroom with my, my background in writing because mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it's, it's quite a challenge as a professional writer to break it down for new writers and say this is, this is your, how to find your voice and teaching new writers how to find, tap into their own voice and not try to write like mm-hmm. someone else is, it was really the biggest challenge for me, but it's so rewarding to have a student discover their voice and figure out what they want to say and how they want to say it that uh, teaching became something of a passion for me as well. I've taught locally for the Muse Writers Center in mm-hmm. uh, Norfolk, Virginia, which is kind of a, they do everything from comedy writing to script writing, and mm-hmm. I've, taught erotica, I've taught erotica writing through them as well. Uh-huh. So it, it, I, I, I find that so many people want to write, whether it's poetry or fiction or just their own memoir, Mm-hmm. but they don't know where to start. 
And so I, I would I would agree with you on that one. Yeah. And so uh, because I spend a lot of my time writing in Starbucks, and the regulars tend to recognize me as the the writer in residence, I get a lot of questions about how do you do what you do, where mm-hmm. did you start, and. Right. You know, with the internet, I always tell people the internet is such a wonderful resource that I did not have when I started writing. I started with the Writer's Market Guide that I bought at Barnes Noble. That was this thick, heavy book that was already nine, ten months out of date by the time it hit the, exactly. the publication stands. Where you were looking and flipping through and finding listings for publishers that were buying what you were writing, and that's how I started. And it was very much a I was at the mercy of the editors I was submitting to because I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know proper format. And I collected quite a stack of rejection letters before the Internet became the way to go. And now my, my rejections are all emails that I can just hide in my files. But, um, and I do <laughs> just go like, thank you. <laughs> uh, even professional writers continue to get rejected. I, I feel like if you're not getting rejected, you're not challenging yourself enough. You know, pushing, yeah, pushing the edge, you know, the edge <laughs> exactly. that, that envelope. So, so here's what I would, my, my question that I often get asked is, so Lou, how did you get into this? So I'm going to bounce that one over onto your side. How did you get into and arrive at writing erotica? <laughs> well, I, I've been asked that question a lot lately with, with Vetted Bliss coming out. And it's funny because I feel like, the writing was on the wall when I was in high school because in my senior year of high school, and this was back in 85, which kind of dates me, but that's okay. In 1985, I wrote my senior psychology term paper on women's sexual fantasies. I was 17 years old. I don't even know what made me think I could get this by my, my teacher, but I wrote a, my, my term paper on women's sexual fantasies. It was called Behind Closed Doors, and it was this opportunity for me to buy books by Nancy Friday and, 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 you know, and I read Erica, Jong, Erica Jong's... Um, oh, isn't that just... Don't we love that permission? <laughs> the fear of flying. And so I read this term paper, very academic, very studious, 17-year-old writing this paper about women's sexual fantasies, blah, blah, blah. And I got an A on it, but that's wonderful. I think I might still have it somewhere. I hope I do. I would love to pull that out. But I never thought about writing erotica. I, I was determined to be a journalist initially, and mm-hmm. then decided fiction was the way to go. I started out writing horror, because I love well, not A lot of what journalism <laughs> do, journalists do now is fiction. So, you know. Well, that is true, too, and it's sad, because that was my practical choice for a career was journalism, and look where journalism is gone. But I decided I wanted to be a horror writer, and that's where I discovered my own voice was nothing suitable for horror. And then I fell into romance, because I was reviewing books. And I always tell people who are new to writing novels, the best way to learn how to write a novel is to read a lot of novels. And so, but not read uh-huh. for fun, read for criticism and, and with a critical mind toward the writing process. And so I fell into a job reviewing romance novels. And I hadn't really read much romance since, you know, elementary school when I was reading Harlequin novels under the covers. And right. so I, I was reading, you know, five romance novels a week, and I said, I can do this. I was very cocky. I can do this. And I wrote one, and it was rejected by everybody, and I said, well, you know what? I'm not going to give up. So I wrote another one in a different genre, and that was the one I sold initially to Silhouette. So I fell into the erotica because I was between proposals with my romance novel career, if you want to call it that, where I kept getting my proposals sent back by the senior editor who wanted Something different from the first one, but exactly the same thing, which if you've ever written fiction at all, you know what that means, is we want you to duplicate the success of the first one, 
but give us something fresh. And I couldn't do it. I wanted to write a different genre. I just kept wanting to change it up and write something different. And so in the midst of... They, they, they have, the editors and publishers have that same request of people who write nonfiction. Sure, absolutely. They, they want something that's going to be successful, but they want it to be different enough from the different, first one. But they wanted to have that same, you know, attachment. It's like trying to, it's trying to like, you know, develop quintuplets by the time you've done your fourth <laughs> book. Exactly. And so I was getting very discouraged and wrote this story as an exercise and just to see if I could do it. It was short. I don't write short or I didn't write short at that point. Didn't know how to, but I wrote the short story that was so far out there and edgy and, and sexual that I didn't know what to do with it. And thankfully, as I said, the internet, I found a market for it. And it ended up being Best Women's Erotica, which was published by Cleus Press. So I've come full mm-hmm. circle on the editing for them. But the book was edited by Marcy Shiner. And she just said so many positive things to me about this one, this first story that I've ever written in the genre that I... And what was like, that one? The story is called Service Entrance. And it's... I, I was... I received emails saying I couldn't be a woman. I must be a man writing this story because it was about a woman who performs oral sex on a man and then mm-hmm. pays him for the privilege of it. And you never really find out why she would have to pay for it, why she would feel like she has to pay for it. So there's this really interesting power dynamic where she's really in charge, but she's the one servicing him. And so I would receive these emails saying, yeah, no woman would do that for you know, and pay for it or whatever. I was like, well, that's, you know, you're, you're definitely reflecting your own feelings on the subject. But it kind of tripped something for me that said there's a market for this weird twist in imagination that I have. Um, is very open sexually, which was something I had found, at least back in the traditional days of uh, romance publishing, was I was told to cut sex scenes from... Really? Yeah. <laughs> from no, and then, if I can ask one quick question. When short. you say writing short, what do you mean by writing short? How many words would that be? Uh, short tends to be, say, around the 5,000 range. It could be, I mean, it can be longer, it can be shorter than that. But um, my short fiction tends to run three to 5,000 words. Uh, the and, stories and, and, I've purchased for my anthology. Excuse me? Right. And, and how many pages would 3 to 5,000 oh, be? Uh, probably 12, 12 to 15 oh, okay. pages, something like that. That's what we, okay. we would call short. There are short shorts that run 1,000 words to maybe 2,500. Depends on the publisher, depends on the editor and, and the flavor. Mm-hmm. The, the book that just came out, XOXO, which is a short, short collection, it's the first one I've done, actually has 38 short right, stories. Right, it does have typical. quite a few. Mm-hmm. Now, my typical anthology has 16 to 18 stories, so this one has um, more than double what I normally have, and the stories are shorter and sweeter in a sexy way, I guess you could say. There's not a lot of um, angst and drama. I like angst and drama. I love it. Don't get me wrong, but I wanted to do something that would be reflective of, say, Valentine's Day, something that was sweet and sexy and romantic. And I thought it was a great follow-up for Better Bliss because these are two books you can buy together for your partner for Valentine's Day right. and enjoy the relationship part of Better Bliss and, and enjoy the advice and then enjoy the stories in both books. Right, but he, and here's the other thing. What you did in XOXO, oh my dear, am I not paying attention, Anna, again? Oh, we are going to our break. So please stay with us and we're going to talk about the erotica of XOXO when we come back. I wasn't paying attention to my board. 
This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. Get ready for smart health with your host, Dr. Glenn Mia. Friday afternoons at 2 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Smart Health is a one-hour program dedicated to discussions, interviews, and news in the ever-changing world of medicine. Information leads to smart choices, and smart choices lead to a healthier lifestyle. That's the quote of host and broadcast journalist Dr. Glenn Mia, M.D. This magazine-style radio show is a fast-paced program bringing together medical experts, authors, and patients to examine what works and what doesn't in staying healthy. Dr. Glenn Mia is a board-certified physician in pediatrics and internal medicine. His philosophy to wellness starts with an investment. He says proper nutrition, rest, and exercise are the best personal investments to maintaining good health. So join us for Smart Health with Dr. Glenn Mia. Fridays at 2 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Mobile is the future, and the future is now. Listen in each week, Tuesdays, 4 to 5 Central, to Brilliant Mobile Marketing with your host, Mobile Mary, as we simplify the hottest marketing channel, Mobile Marketing, and share secrets on how you can use mobile to be more brilliant, be more profitable, and have more fun in your industry. Join us each week to learn from brilliant business leaders on how to simply and easily capture a list of raving fans and turn them into loyal customers. This show will help business owners, authors, and speakers realize their own brilliance by tapping into the insights of fellow brilliant business leaders. We will also showcase brilliant tools, both traditional and digital, that will make you more brilliant in everything you do. Don't miss your date with Brilliant Mobile Marketing and your host, Mobile Mary, America's mobile marketing expert, as she shares her success strategies every Tuesday from 4 to 5 Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. <laughs> Welcome back. And now I'm going to be paying more attention to the board. And if someone does have a question, um, we do have a call-in number, if you happen to be listening live, 877-864-4869, repeating, 877-864-4869. And before the break, my guest, Christina Wright, and I were talking about, was the title of the, where the woman would pay to perform oral sex, um, servant's entrance? Service. 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 Yes, okay. he was uh, he was the owner of a bar, and so she would come in through the service entrance of the, the back room. Okay. So kind of a double entendre. Exactly. Now, you also, I think people need to be aware of, um, as a writer, you also, as a, you know, military, as a Navy wife, you have also, I know you have one um, collection of military erotica, which... Cleese also has, I love how they have the firemen. 
uh, <laughs> yes. erotica. The smoking hot, yes, smoking hot environment, yeah. <laughs> and I have a woman who used to live next door to me, and she used the same thing. She was like this, oh, I love firemen. And, you know, I'm thinking to myself, what rock was I raised under? I never knew this. <laughs> I was like, but you know what? What a great thing for people. What was your other, because you just mentioned when we were on the break, that you have another military collection that you're doing. Yes, actually, I just turned in my second collection. The first one was Duty and Desire, Military Erotic Romance. The mm-hmm. second one is called Commanding Desire. Oh, and you that did mention is, that. Mm-hmm. Yes, that one is due out, I believe, in the fall. I don't think we have a firm date for it yet. And I haven't seen a cover, but if it's anything like the first one, it'll be very sexy, very erotic. And it's. I, I've been very pleased with the readership of Duty and Desire because I thought it would be just people that uh, are fans of the military, not necessarily married to it. After being married to the military for over two decades, I'm kind of used to the uniforms. I'm used to the, you know, the excitement, if you can call it that, when things change up at the last minute and schedules change. Our wedding had to be rescheduled twice. So um, <laughs> that doesn't seem very romantic to me. So. But I've been really pleased because I have heard from military spouses that they not only you know read the book that they enjoyed it and they shared it with their spouse and so that's been kind of fun and I know a couple have been sent away on deployment mm-hmm. so that that's exciting um, well, and and it, it received such a positive response that we said hey let's let's do this again and well, yeah, didn't you say isn't one there's one that's only contemporary and one that's like World War World War Two both of them actually contain a variety of stories. I, I wanted a, the military flavor. I didn't want a whole lot of... Um, there, there are stories that deal with post-traumatic stress. There are stories that deal with uh, injuries received in wartime. But I didn't want it to all be Afghanistan and Iraq. I wanted a variety of military experience. So there's everything from uh, British military represented, World War I, uh, Cold War era, Vietnam, definitely Iraq, Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. There's uh, there's shore duty <laughs> areas. Um, right. There's uh, pretty much everything. Every branch of the military is featured. Navy, Army. We have some Marines. Uh, we have some. We I have one Coast Guard story even. So it's it's that service members serving in all branches, serving you know throughout history. I think there's a romanticism to it. Certainly a patriotic sense of nationalism, not just for our own country, but for other countries as well. And, and there's something, you know, romantic about reading about something set in a different era. The, histori- the historical side is interesting, but I think the romance transcends the generational difference. It's, it's, well, you know, people it's love, a very popular theme. You know, erotica and love stories and sex stories is when people can identify with them. That's what they're looking for. And then they want to go, could this be me? And that's what I think the stories that, you know, I've seen, you know, in, in the edited version of XOXO is that this could be someone or it could be even something very simple that they say to the partner, you know what, choose one out of here and let's see if, tell me which one you think you like, mm-hmm. you know. Well, that's the, that's the benefit of the shorts. You can certainly read out of order. You can read the ones that just kind of catch your attention. Precisely. Um, you can, you can find authors that you, you like and maybe find other stories by them in different books. But I do, for my own anthologies, 
unless they're about something. I have done a paranormal collection. Uh, I've done fairy tale collections. But when I'm doing a contemporary collection or a realistic themed collection, I look for stories that can be translated into real life. I, I, mm-hmm. I, enjoy, I enjoy fantasy as much as the next person. I've read plenty of it and written plenty of it. But for something like Betty Bliss or XOXO, I want to reflect real people that you can identify with, that you can say, I believe that this could happen, not only and it could, and it, in the yeah. book, but it could happen to me. Exactly. I could make this happen tonight if I wanted to. Precisely. So I, I, mean, I, I think that connects with the reader. Well, there's no question on it. And I would say that when I was writing my fourth book, The Great Lover Playbook, I found that there was such a demand, because what people had said, and, and you know, when we first talked at the, at the top of the show, that the, the depictions of sexuality is the very beginning or someone fooling around, someone being naughty. And by the way, I, I happened to pull out my, because um, I'm doing some uh, work on another, another outline for something, the Orgasm Answer Guide mm. and Beverly Whipple. And this is, this is actual standard research. And, and Dr. Whipple is the one who named the G-spot the G-spot. In recognition wonderful of name. <laughs> yes, in the recognition of Ernst Grafenberg. And she, there's, in when it talks about are orgasms good for our health, this is one of the things they talk about, that they look at the exercise with anything, with sexual activity, referring to metabolic equivalence. Isn't that cute? And what, what they found is that if you are having sex with your normal partner, you would be using approximately five metabolic um, equivalents. But if you are having sex with someone who isn't your usual partner, it's usually nine because there's more stress and more anxiety. That makes sense, right? Of course it does. (laughs) And if someone is going to die in the saddle, so to speak, they're typically not going to do it with their their long-term partner. It will be with a a more of a stress-induced situation. Well, that sounds like another selling point for long-term committed relationships. Hey, there, here we go. Now, one of the things I also, because um, I know when, I, when you talk about being something that people can see themselves doing, that was the same thing I tried to do with all of my books, is that people could see it and then go, that could be me. Or I could take part of this and it could be me. So now I'm going to ask you, where do your ideas come from? <laughs> this is where I say from my personal life, Lou. Um, <laughs> and I won't even deny it. There are certainly, I, I think, regardless of what you write, I think you bring your own experiences, your own memories, your own interpretations of situations into your writing, regardless of what you write. And so, I, you know, that is not an unusual question to ask an erotica writer, where do you get your ideas? Mm-hmm. But it's a boring it's a boring answer to say I get it just like I would get it if I wrote horror. It's I'm tapping into some something inside me that says, What if and that's usually how most stories start, what if whatever. And okay. I've gotten stories I've gotten stories, honestly, from snippets of conversation overheard in the Starbucks. I've heard two people talking about something that not even necessarily sexual but certainly there's an intimacy, there's a connection between them, and it sparked something that said, what if they are you know, meeting for the first time, but they've been talking online for months? And I've written a story like that. I've written a story. There was. There was one in XOXO. <laughs> there you go. The I've, 
I, I exactly. Really, yes, yes. I, I didn't write that one, but yes, that, that does have the two people that have, haven't actually met yet. I wrote a story about two people who met playing words with friends because I'm a big fan of the game, and I thought, well, how interesting would that be to connect with somebody? Because they say, you know, the brain is the biggest sex organ, right? And oh, that I, I will somebody, not argue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you connect with somebody else intellectually, that can be a big turn-on to connect with somebody who's intelligent and well-spoken. And I thought, well, what if two people who were just playfully playing a game and one-upping each other in, in terms of sexy words suddenly actually met? What would the connection be? And so I've written stories that have reflected things I've done myself, Could stories that are set in the kitchen because I love to cook, or stories that are you know, set outside. Because mm-hmm. I live in I live in the, I live in the East Coast in the South I live in Virginia so I mean there's there's all sorts of opportunities to be at the beach or be in the mountains and so these ideas for stories come about that way but I've always had a very active imagination I've always been interested in the way people connect with each other I've always mm-hmm. been interested in in relationships and what mm-hmm. makes two people fall in love what makes two people want to be together sexually so. I think it was it's a natural progression when you when you're so intrigued by people. I'm a huge people watcher. Uh, the, my favorite place in the world oh, is the airport. It is the best, <laughs> isn't it? it? Well, you see people from everywhere, all over the world, and they're all going somewhere, and they're all completely immersed in their own little personal bubble. So you get this really intimate glimpse at somebody who doesn't even isn't even aware of their surroundings. They're just getting from point A to point B, and and you can see you can learn so much about just watching how people travel and how they carry themselves and how they respond mm-hmm. to other people. And that that to me is very fascinating, because at the end of the day, we're all kind of very much the same. We all have the same, you know, goals in life: to be happy, to find people that we love, to be loved mm-hmm. in return. And right. you can you can put people together on a page. And if you can bring it to life, which is what I try to do, if you can bring it to life and make it believable, people will feel connected to your characters and they will feel connected to the people in their own life because they can believe in love and they can believe in lust because they've seen it, they've felt it, and it's and it became I, right, and it became real for them. Yes, absolutely. Now we are coming up to our final break in thirty seconds, so. To wrap that little segment up, Christina, and anyone, if you want to go to Christina's site, it's Christina with a K, right with a W, dot com, and again, you can find her on just about any communication area, is, so, and it is kind of like, in order to write about this, there is the have to do it or have to be aware of it experience or mindset for people. And when we come back from this break, what I'd like you to do, Christina, is give people tips on how to do write good erotica, what they can do to um, get their better attitudes, better ideas, and we will be back after these two. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. Shh, listen, something is brewing. 
The beautiful business evolution is coming. The way we do business is about to change for the better forever. This is real business at its very best. On Beautiful Business Radio, you will learn what it means to truly prosper, how to nourish yourself and your business, how to earn what you deserve and make a difference in the world. The tide is rising. The change is here. Discover a new way to live, love, and partner with yourself and your business on Philippa Rollins Presents Beautiful Business Radio, where you matter and your business thrives every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. Goals, objectives, business and action plans. How important are they for me to manage? Whether you're an executive, entrepreneur, or maybe you're just someone looking to advance your career and want to be confidently prepared for your future, business and life coach Carmen Carosa can help you remove obstacles and move forward in the right direction. Carmen is known as the real world coach for a reason. His no-nonsense style along with an innate ability to form connections with people gives you a unique opportunity to see higher and further than ever before. We live and work in an ever-changing, complicated world that can leave us with questions about every decision we make. Join host Carmen Carosa, business and life coach, on Forward Motion every Monday at 2 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Rockstar Radio Network. You will realize dreams and aspirations you thought were out of reach. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Thank you, everyone, and welcome back. Tonight, my guest is the author of two most recently released books. One is The Bedded Bliss, and it's a couple's guide to lust ever after. And Christina Wright has literally walked through every single segment of life you can go through. Separations, the military, young children, writing, the you know, length of time that one is together. And then, so this is a book that she has put together. And you say that it's more of memorializing, correct, Christina? Yes. I, so I it, think it's... You do more from what you know. I, I wanted to address every stage of a relationship. And while I didn't feel comfortable writing the entire book myself, which is why I tapped some writers, another mm-hmm. dozen writers, to contribute their input and, and their experiences. I wanted to address every stage from those few first days after the newlywed stage, after you've finally settled in together, through to the golden years where you know you're you're retired, you're dealing with uh, issues of being older, having adult children, having a blended family if you're you're coming from a divorce situation, and how every couple through every stage of their marriage can maintain a sensual, passionate connection with each other through mm-hmm. communication, through right. imagination. And, and, you know, and 
as we said before the break, you know, your brain is your largest sexual organ, despite the claims of some people, I might add. <laughs> but so here's what I'm going to ask. I, you know, said that before the break that we'd talk on, you could give people a little guidance on this. So I'm just going to ask, and you know, whichever question you want to answer in whatever order. So what makes for a fine writer of erotica? And I said, you know, is it the Carnegie Hall adage of practice, practice, practice? And when do you do your best erotica writing? And what? Okay. Yeah, more questions. And, and, yeah, no, I've got a whole list here. And oh, tips for someone who's wanting to write erotica. Okay, because as you, you know, we, we've, many people wish to use the written word as expression, whether it's short, whether it's long, whether it's in between. And so... Which one would you like to go after on that? <laughs> well, I'll talk about what makes a good erotica writer for, for okay. me personally. Uh, from an editorial perspective, from someone that's read hundreds of submissions to my anthology, what makes a good erotica writer is someone that can connect with their reader in a way that is sexy and sensual, but also very real and human. And And that doesn't necessarily mean you know, you went to the store and you met the bad boy and you went home and you had sex with him. Not that kind of real, but the real that is about the emotion, not about slot A into tab B, but mm-hmm. about the emotion that goes behind the scenes. And whatever that emotion is, whether it's, it's desire or loneliness or the connection you felt with your partner the first time you met them, what makes a good erotica writer is someone that can make that human connection. And mm-hmm. the sex, the sex isn't incidental to it. You know, some people say a good erotic story, or a good, a, a good piece of erotica is one where you could take out the sex and it's still a good story. Well, then it's not erotica anymore. It's something Thank else. You. Er, Thank erotica you. Is, erotica is about a sexual connection, and it can be people that have just met, or it can be you know people that have known each other a while, or people that have been married for fifty years. Anything can be erotic when you get beyond the physical part of it and tap into what it is that is driving the people in the story. And for me, a good erotic story is one that gives me that moment of, okay, yeah, this is, this is what it's all about. Even if I'm not a gay man, I can read a piece of uh, male, male fiction and feel the connection between the characters because the writer has done such a brilliant job of telling me why they're together, showing me why they're together, mm-hmm. and bringing me into, bringing me into the bedroom or the scene, or whatever it is, and making me believe the characters on the page. So for me, it's all about it's all about character. Right. I've okay. read some of the most erotic, sensual stories that didn't have any sex. It's all about the buildup and the foreplay, and it still made me squirm in my seat because they hit upon the anticipation and the need and the wants, and that I've got to have you right now feeling that people have all the time. All the days long, we have that feeling when we're separated from our partner sometimes. And if you can bring that to the page and that feeling right. that you've had yourself, you'll be an excellent erotica writer. And that kind of goes into the next thing. How do you do this? How do you write erotic? And I, I, I tell the story of the fact that the very first erotic I ever wrote was never published and will never be published because I took a be- one of those blank books that you can buy at Barnes & Noble or you know any bookstore and when my husband was deployed, one of the first deployments he was on when we were first married, I basically, every few days, a couple of weeks, whatever, I would write a story that was about us, that was erotic and sexual, 
and was only attended for his eyes only. And when he came home, I gave it to him, and he read it. And it covered things we'd never done. It covered things we had done. It was, you know, memories. It was fantasies. It was, I would never do this, but here it is in the written word. And it was personal between the two of us, which is why I would never publish it, because it reflected us, not so Mm -hmm. much people in general, but it reflected us, and it was very personal to me. So if you want to write erotica for your partner, something like that is a wonderful way to start, to just Mm -hmm. not necessarily fill up a book, but to sit down and think about what makes the two of you you and reflect on a memory or reflect on an experience you've had together and write it down as it happened as you remember it. And that's a wonderful way to kind of preserve your memory and share it with your partner. It can be a huge turn-on to reread something like that and remember, reflect on what it was that you did and you know, go back and do it again. Oh, yeah. But if... <laughs> yeah, but that, you know what? There would be no question on that because for most people... They love to hear the story of remember when, particularly, you know, like even when you're little kids, it's like, remember when you got this? Or, and if you're saying that to a partner about something that is that viscerally impacting and that heartfelt and that personal, wow, what a gift. Well, that kind of hits you right in all the right spots, I think, yeah. when you're reflecting on something that made somebody else feel good or made you feel good. And that mm-hmm. is something that, we talk about embedded bliss. That's one of my tips for staying connected when you feel like you're kind of drifting is to reflect on the past. If you're having issues in the moment, remember when we did this. Remember when it was great. Remember what made me feel so good. And that does kind of bring you back to where you were so you can start going down the road to the future. So mm-hmm. that's one way to do it if you are interested in just writing erotica for your own fun. If you're interested in it professionally, it goes back to what I said about, you know, reviewing romance novels before I wrote one and sold one. Read what's out there. If you want to be published, read what's on the market now. I always recommend the Cleas Press anthologies, but there's certainly other publishers that are putting out mm-hmm. novels mm-hmm. and collections right. as well. Read what, read what you're interested in writing. I, I wouldn't say, you know, don't write like somebody else, but read what's being published right now, and that's a good indicator of where the market is and what's acceptable, um, what the taboos are, what mm-hmm. you can, what rules you can break and bend, and what rules are definitely right. ironclad. Right, and, and here, okay, because I've got a couple of those that I want to like just that's, thank you for setting that up so beautifully. But finish that point, <laughs> and then I'll ask my question. Sure, uh, and that that's where that's where to start. And then once you've read a lot, start figuring out where you want to write. Do you want to write short fiction? Do you want to write a novel? Do you want to write memoir? And look at where the markets are. Mm-hmm. Okay. So here's, are there, I don't think we can ignore um, the impact of what Fifty Shades of Grey has done in, in the area of um, books, erotica, or sexuality. Mm-hmm. What did Fifty Shades get right and what is new in the world of erotica, and what can't you go to? What can't you write about? Well, the, the taboos in erotica r- remain fairly consistent. Uh, no incest, no rape, no bestiality. Um, bathroom play tends to be a no-no. It depends on the publisher. But generally, right. those, are the, those are the taboos. Those are the things that publishers tend to shy away from. And there are people that will argue that they shouldn't, and there are people that will argue that it's been done. Generally, Incest is written not as a titillating erotic piece, but as uh, 
you know, literary fiction is portrayed as something very negative and detrimental as it is, as it should be. So, um, yes, all of those things have been addressed in fiction. All of those things exist in books. But in terms of erotica, erotica is, you know, sexual, sexual pleasure. Uh, you want to stay, stay away from those things. As mm -hmm. far as um, what's new since Fifty Shades, I think Fifty Shades kind of brought erotica into the forefront and made it uh, into pop culture. It's not like erotica didn't exist before Fifty Shades. I was writing it long before. Many of us were writing it many years exactly. before Fifty Shades hit the market. What it did right, I, I, I read the first book, I'll be honest. I read the first one. I haven't read the other two, not for any other reason than I really just don't have as much time as I would like to read for pleasure. Um, there's been a lot of criticism about the book, but I'll tell you what got me was the fact that the characters did connect with each other. There was mm -hmm. this, uh, there was this heat and this excitement between the characters that I think appealed to people, appealed to readers who maybe had never seen anything like this before. And I had a lot of people say, "Is this what you write? What can you recommend more things like this?" Because they never really had seen something and, written right. No, about sexual no... pleasure, about female sexual pleasure that was redeeming. So, precisely. And now we have one minute until the end of our show. My <laughs> guest this evening has been Christina Wright, Christina with a K, Wright, W-R, and it's ChristinaWright.com. You can find her information on the page here. But I will say, you know, and the books that we are talking about, uh, Bedded Bliss, Couple's Guide to Lust Ever After, and XOXO, Sweet and Sexy uh, Romance. The one thing that I will say that you're, that the character connection in Fifty Shades of Grey, I would completely agree. And I'll also tell you, not that I want to do spoiler alert, but if you want to see what drove that entire trilogy, read the second to last chapter in Fifty Shades Free, and you're going to see what drove that entire trilogy. All right, I'll take your advice. <laughs> so, Christine, it has been an absolute delight speaking with you again. And when the military book comes out, and I'm going to put you in contact with... Sandra Beck, who does Military Moms, okay? Absolutely. Thank you so much, Lou. Thank you for having me. Uh, my pleasure. Absolutely my pleasure. Take care. You too. Have a wonderful New Year. Thank you. You too. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with host Lou Paget. Every week, this will be your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Join Lou Paget 